0: Hey, I want to thank our sponsor, The Optimus, The Optimus Clothes Store at the platform in Culver City, man. It's awesome. If you haven't been there, go check it out. Tell them I sent you for a 20% discount. You got the coolest gear, handpicked, boutiques from all over the globe, casual wear, stuff you can wear to work and then wear right out to, uh, you know, an event or whatever you can do after work. Casual, going out clothes, everything in between. So head off to the Optimus Thank those guys. Appreciate it. You can find, you can find the website as well. You can shop online, or you can go to the platform in Culver City. Hey, welcome to the real estate deal. I'm now doing this version of uh, the deal. With real estate agents. Today's guest is Eric Levy. Eric Levy is the number one Sotheby's broker in Southern California. One of the top 100 in the country great guy, really knows his stuff inside and out. You can find Eric uh, at Eric Levy on Instagram spelled L-A-V-E-Y EricLevy.com as well. Uh, the guy's a good guy, cooks, uh, makes a good drink, the, the Martinez cocktail. So I hope you uh, appreciate this episode and get something out of it. School's in session. Please don't forget to subscribe on our YouTube, The Deal with Danny Brown and Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you subscribe to your podcast we really would love for you guys to subscribe and make leave comments everything you, any comment and any any subscription you leave really helps us out a lot so we appreciate it hope you guys have a good time listening to this episode with eric levy let's go what's up eric levy welcome back to the deal everybody good to see you man how are you
1: i am great danny thanks for having me on the deal yeah, place you want to be is in the middle of a deal. So
0: it's yeah, you are a deal maker, and uh, you love the deal. So, Eric, for those that don't know you, I've known Eric quite a bit. We kind of came up in the business at a similar time. Top top broker uh, for Sotheby's in the world. We worked at the agency together for some years. Uh, so I've seen you develop uh, from sort of a younger up and coming agent to now a massive top producing agent. And we'll get into some of your career stuff later, but I want to get into some some Personal stuff and some fun stuff because you know you have a big personality and you had a background in Hollywood and you sort of have this uh Hollywood agent persona that that that, that runs with you. Um, you're a hell of a bartender, we'll get into that, but let, let's go back to the beginning and start with uh where you grew up. You grew up at East Coast, right? Yeah,
1: Danny, I, I uh thank you for that introduction by the way. I, I mean, I'm wondering what's going to happen at this point, who knows? Um, but <laughs> But I uh, I grew up in on the East Coast, um, a little place called Rhode Island. Yeah. If you haven't heard of it, it's a smaller state, And uh, a little village in Rhode Island called uh, Bristol. And so that's where I was born and raised and uh, actually spent time there in the summer. I just came back from there about a week ago. And, uh, you know, really, really, really amazing place to grow up and, and to be able to go back to. It's near Newport, Rhode Island. Um, and so... You know that was sort of you know the basis. You know, blue collar town. You know, hundreds of years old. One of the first places in the in the country to be established, and so that's uh, that's my background there. And then you know from there, I went to, to school in Boston. Got it. Was,
0: and wh- were, your, were your parents from that area as well? Did they grow up? Yeah, in- I'm
1: like I'm fourth generation Bristolian. Wow. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So I I am uh, in the blood there.
0: What is the town known for? I'm just curious. So
1: thank you for asking that. Uh, So Bristol, Rhode Island is known for um, a lot of things. But sailing is probably um, most known for. I mean, arguably the birthplace of sailing, the birthplace of yacht building. Um, And yeah, America's Cup, you know, uh, the earliest America's Cup winners built in my hometown. Um, So uh, any sailor is going to know Bristol, Rhode Island, anywhere in the world. Um, And of course, we're known for um the you know the most you know biggest thing we are known for is the oldest 4th of July parade in the country um, who knew so who knew 4th of awesome. July parade the oldest uh, going since 1776 uh um, awesome. do you go to it do you ever never go mi- never missed
0: never missed that's amazing that sounds fun you got to send some photos and instagram that right. come on bro the, the the middle of our streets are painted red white and blue all year
1: oh, long oh that's awesome instead of yellow i mean come on
0: <laughs> that's ridiculous America. so yeah. your family's been there multiple generations what does your family do what what industry are they in
1: yeah so uh, i am the uh, the son of a uh, a plumber and a hairdresser mm-hmm. and uh, my mother's one hell of a plumber uh,
0: and, uh, and Dad's I, can't, the hairdresser. I can't help
1: that joke, Danny. I'm sorry. I, I, I've, <laughs> only a few times I've said that, but no, uh, you know, just, you know, really great folks that, um, you know, high on integrity folks who, uh, are just hardworking people and sort of that instilled really early on in the age of, uh, you know, there's no shortcuts. Um, there's no getting lucky. And If you get lucky, then that was lucky and then yeah, it's not going to happen again.
0: Yeah. Um, it was so, hard <laughs> nose, blue collar, work ethic. Yeah. Lunch pail. So you didn't grow up in uh, Beverly Hills and the Bird Streets uh, no. with a celebrity uncle.
1: With you. I told my parents that. Like, that would have been a nice way to grow up, but <laughs> I, I probably wouldn't be who I am. And um, and uh, yeah, I, I just, you know, very lucky to sort of have that background and sort of to, to drive you of sorts, you
0: know. And where you said you went to school in Boston, did you go to BU or where? what schools to go to?
1: Yeah, I uh, I went to Emerson College.
0: Emerson, oh, so you went to a small liberal arts school. I
1: mean, th- I mean, please, Danny. Well, not. I mean, not be you, but uh, Emerson College. Really proud of that. I mean, uh, you know, a very cool um, university school um, that is sort of known for being, you know, ultra progressive uh, and sort of on the forefront of stuff well before it actually becomes mainstream. Um, so yeah, I went there. Um, Gorgeous went there. campus there. The campus is. I was just there yeah. last week. It's on the on the Boston Common, so uh, the campus is really the city, the center and the heartbeat of the city. Beacon Hill and the State House is across the street, and it's Incredible. a really great place to go to school and um, a lot of history, obviously in Boston. I love that town.
0: Great uh, place to go to school, man. There's so many great schools a there. School.
1: So it's a, it's a really great place to sort of you know be a small town person and come to a city that's not New York City, because I think that's sort of a little too much for a 18 yeah. year old. But then you come in sort of, you know, you're in the mix of a, a bunch city. of people who are from all over the world.
0: You guys go to Fenway and screw around and go to the so games?
1: I, I, I was at Fenway a couple of weeks ago, so I walked <laughs> off the in best. the Yankee So, the, best. I mean, you can't, in the rain, you can't get better than that, really.
0: No, you can't. You can't. caught I've a ball, by the way. I caught a ball. You here. caught, a ball? caught where, a ball? Where were you sitting? Were you foul ball or I, were you in the I outfield? I hate
1: to say this. I was sitting in the front row behind the third base dugout. And you and, caught a, a live and, and foul ball. ball Fabo foul went over the went over the net. Yeah, and uh, I had a scuffle a little
0: bit. That counts, um, baby. That counts. Yeah,
1: I had a scuffle with some uh, women and children, but I got, <laughs> I think it
0: was all good. It's fine. So good, you got the forearm shiver from the seven year old kid. You got the ball. I was delicate. Play. I was delicate as much yeah. as I could. That's sweet. Now you got to go get Big Poppy to sign it, and uh, you guess. know, those socks. Sox Nation. All right, so you were, I got it. Grew up in a blue-collar blue uh, background, which is really interesting now being in a high-end luxury world that you're surrounded in. But you didn't get into high-end luxury real estate right away. You were you got into you came to LA, I assumed to get in the entertainment business, but why don't you talk about and I may be wrong, but why don't you talk about what got you from the East Coast all the way across to LA? Yeah, um what got
1: me to Los Angeles about 22 years ago. Um, was you know, look, I, I think growing up in a small New England town, it's sort of like you know California is a, is like this is this, this big sunshine dream, right? And, yeah. You know, for for the better part of half a century, I mean, there've been music and in video and TV shows and movies, you know, glamorizing that. And I and I cool. think when you are from a small town, you know, you're an LA guy, so like you know, I'm the opposite. So you're yeah, you
0: got town. fooled. You got fooled, huh? You yeah. But
1: <laughs> well, you know, look, I, I I'm so glad I did because. Like, you know, you, you you have a goal of saying, I think I want to be in California in Los Angeles, especially, um, you know, like I, you know, I wanted to do a program at Emerson College that, you know, we have a big campus here in Los Angeles that was not as big as it is now when I was in school. Uh, I did not get into the program and I was heartbroken. And so, uh, and you find out like a year or two earlier. And so I decided, you know, the hell with you and I'm going to do a program. I'm going to make the program. And so I finished school in three and a half years and do that program. Um, and I sort of figured out my own program here and, uh, and that got me to LA sort of my senior year. Um, uh, I think it was like 99, if I can remember, uh, 99. Uh, and, um, and I never left. I basically yeah. went back to Boston to graduate to walk the stage for three days. And I came back here. Um, and that was that, uh, at 20 years old, I think. And, um, wow. and, you, were you, young. Know, I, you know, I came here to be, um, in entertainment it was the talent agency game at the time,
0: yep.
1: you know, that was sort of still a clandestine type of cool thing Yeah, you know, in the agency world. Um, you know, guys like Michael Ovitz had books that were out on them. And sure. uh, and it was just, it was fascinating. So that's what I came out here for. When I, when I started taking interviews, uh, nobody was hiring because the, the economy was tanked at the time. Yeah, of uh, everyone was on a hiring freeze. And so of course. I found a job in the William Morris mailroom. Well, and, that's
0: one uh, of the best places to start, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And then from there, I'd sort of you know worked my way up and and uh, worked with some really great people and uh, ended up at UTA where I was for a bunch of years and and uh, still have a lot of friends and clients there at both places. and uh, and then I just decided you know, um, it's interesting, you know, I tell this quick little anecdote. Um, a couple of the board members had us, you know, agent trainees you know in a conference room, like you know twenty of us or less. And they had they had this guy come in who was sort of a friend of theirs who had started this website, you know, and uh, a few years earlier. And and he sat there and and uh, and talked about how Hollywood and what we do was going to be very different, um, you yeah. know, in five or 10 years. And we all just kind of were like, I don't know who this guy is. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and our bosses were like, look, you need, you need to listen to this guy because we're already rich. We don't yeah. care. Yeah, um, if you want this to work out in the next twenty years. This yeah. is, uh-huh, uh-huh. and uh, well, that guy was Jeff Bezos, and um, and so you Jeff know, Bezos kind of right, <laughs> uh, but we none of us give a damn. We're like this guy is like, selling some old books on selling internet. books. Yeah, he's selling uh, books. So so after that, I really thought to be honest, I was like, whoa, the business is changing, and I saw it happening even early on sure. years ago, and I just decided I don't want to do it anymore. So I went to my bosses and I said, you know, I want to make a move. And, you know, almost all of them were like, I envy being a 25, 26 year old and be able to do that. And uh, one or two of them were like, are you crazy? This is the dumbest idea I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then I was introduced to my original mentor from, you know, one of those people who told me I was crazy. And, uh, and my, my career in real estate began.
0: So a couple of things. There's a lot to unpack there. When you moved to LA, you were super young. Uh sounded like entertainment dreams that was on your mind. Was the mindset, and maybe you, you, it's hard to look back and remember, was your mindset like, I'm moving to L.A. and I'm going to be here forever? Or was it like, hey, I'm a young guy. This sounds like a cool thing. I'm going to come here and uh, try this and see where it goes. Uh, wh- what was your mindset when you when you got to Because that's a big move for a young guy who has no yeah, network actually- in L.A.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting question, Danny. And and I, I don't think I, I get asked that, but um note without a question, I remember vividly, uh, and like I moved here with like, you know, like six bucks in my pocket. Right, like no five,
0: money, no contact.
1: Uh then my dad gave me like five Wendy's dollars, and I got to use those sparingly. <laughs> so um Yeah,
0: I'm sure.
1: You know, I, I will say uh I never ever had the option to fail and not and not stay. Um there was never an option of like, well, if it doesn't work out, I can go back home for a bit. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I just that was not on the table at any given time. And there were some very difficult times early. I was on people's sofas early, um, and uh, the sofa, sofa I was on, I was literally on someone's sofa for a bit, um, yeah. and uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you know, on someone's sofa, renting like a 1993 like you know Honda Civic. Like that's where sure. it was very early on, and. Uh, and there was no option to to not succeed somewhat yeah. to be able to stay then that that year and then we'll see what next year comes
0: up yeah so it was sort of the burn the boats mentality like the boats are burned we can't go get back on the boats and go home this yeah. is it, it we got to survive we got to survive and make it happen all right yeah. so that was that's one interesting part now let's fast forward to real estate you're in entertainment you're in the heart of it you're in the mailroom. you're getting beat up i mean anyone that's uh, and i been in the mailroom before I got in real estate, I was in entertainment too, on the music and film side. So I got my ass kicked. You make three, four hundred bucks uh, a week, and you seven a week, by the way. Three fifty-seven. Two, two two. 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 257, 257. Yeah. And, and by the way, you're not working eight hours. You're working 16, 20 hours weekends. 12 or, hours
1: minimum, 16. And hours. Getting
0: just treated so bad because uh-huh, the egos and the nasty. I miss those
1: days, by the way. Like, yeah. I'm longingly thinking of that right now. I get it. I feel it sometimes, something. And lunches are more than that. <laughs> uh, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah.
0: So now that you're in there and you are putting in some time and you're, you know, clawing your way up slowly, as people, young people do in the entertainment business. Was real estate something that just fell on your lap? Was it? Were, did you have an interest in real estate? Like, what made you pivot and say real estate versus, I don't know, go be an investment banker, go yeah, be, uh, right. you know, a sports agent? I don't know anything.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, at the time, there was not a television show on the air about real estate.
0: So right. This is a very them,
1: different time. Yeah. When you told somebody in you know oh four oh five that like you're gonna go be a, a realtor. A realtor. I yeah, mean, no one understood it was what that
0: meant. mind-blowing. You're an idiot. Yeah. Um, so correct. That's so different. Know, Think about it's that. So different now. Right? Today, I kids mean, are coming out of Harvard mean, and Penn and Stanford, and they want to yeah. be a real estate agents. You know, they go there get their MBAs, and they're yeah. calling us.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and at the time, I was leaving a business that was the hottest, sexiest business yeah. in the world. Uh, and everyone wanted to do that. Now they want to do. That. So um I, I forgot to mention in Boston when I was in college, I was a real estate broker. I got my license. What? When was, like when I was I totally forgot that. Yeah, which is very important by the way. I don't want to insult people who gave me my first start in Boston.
0: Uh, why would in- you do soon. that at such being so young? Like what, what, I, what you I, had I, got a huh?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um my first job in college real quickly was selling cell phones. And and that's when nobody had cell phones, it was the mid 90s or so. And like, you know, I still have friends today that have the the, the cell phone numbers that I sold them awesome. but back in like the 90s. But like um, so after that, I was like, All right, well, I want to get to real estate. Someone someone in the street. So, uh, I met through a friend. They're like, you should get your real estate license. He was a broker in Boston. Yeah. And I think, really, how to do that? And I did that. And I was 19, 18, 19. Um, and I got a job, you know, for like a year and a half. Doing that in Boston, did you sell
0: anything at 19 years yeah, old?
1: Like in rent and leasing, Do a lot of a leasing. Of in okay. yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, it was sort of like during like the the, the dot com boom that was happening. In Boston, was getting a lot of people there. So, um, yeah. you know, I did a lot of that, and so I, I did I I was sort of, I knew the business kind of, but I didn't obviously.
0: Yeah, but you knew good. you had a taste of it. Clearly, you I were... had a taste
1: of it, and I never said, "Well, this is my fallback." I said, "I think this is the right thing for me." Got it. And, 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 and Danny, ultimately, ultimately, you know, I, I think I've always loved um, you know, the deal. And
0: yeah. you know, there's a lot I, of parallels to yeah. those businesses.
1: And that's I not mean. a that's not a plug for your show. I'm just, I'm being honest. That
0: is a plug. It is a plug. <laughs> the deal. This uh, I, is the I deal with the I also Brown.
1: loved architecture and I love design and I love sort of working with, with people in that capacity. And so that's yeah. sort of how that ended up in Los yeah. Angeles being a top option for me.
0: Yeah. Funny just a side note going back to cell phones what a big business that was you know Ray Nazarati huge builder he started his biz, he started selling Correct. phones in high school and yes. built a massive operation in the I 90s story and about him. started hiring all his friends and started yeah. expanding it. LA cellular all these big yeah. things back in the day he made a ton of money and then there was big
1: money back in selling phones.
0: and that's how he uh, that's how he financed his first few deals yeah. so, uh, it's a yeah. great funny story yeah. So anyway, I mean, I was
1: a lot of money as a college
0: kid. I'm sure now- bank as a college Amazing. kid, you're making yeah. bank. Yeah, yeah, so all right, so you get into real estate. This is 2004, you said. Uh, so the, market's, yeah. the market's still really strong. Yeah. Uh, but starting in real estate, what was that experience like?
1: Uh, you know, you know, I, I had started in at, at the time the hottest market in the history, yeah, right? I mean, that was a long time ago. Um, and so you know, I was on a there wasn't nearly the crest that we've seen the last couple of times but um you know there was no there was no redfin there was barely an mls it just it just hit no um, zillow I mean, like, yeah there's no zillow um uh, so as a real estate no broker, facebook no no social media there was <laughs> no no social, nothing yeah so you know you really had a the, your value proposition at the time your value proposition to your client was information and just being the front line Um, and even though, as we know, Danny, there's a lot of proposition, uh, for a really great broker in the process. Um, all I really cared about was like, you know, what I don't know. Great. I need to talk to you. And so that's a good thing starting in the business. You know, I I talked about today, starting the business today is one of the hardest things you can do. I think in any business, uh, starting in real estate today, uh, because your value proposition is so difficult to establish as a newer person in the business today. Sure. Um uh, sure. so so yeah, so you know, getting you know, doing a couple of deals and you know, it was not difficult because the market was moving and, and
0: where were uh, you at first? Who did you work with at first? I was at Keller
1: Williams. Okay. Yeah.
0: Keller, and we, were you working on a team or you're Keller Williams? Yeah, did you work on a team or just went on your own?
1: On my own. There, there was no team back then.
0: There no, was, but you could go be an no assistant team. to somebody. Yeah, it wasn't a team. Yeah. You go so, be an assistant or you know, yeah, a, no.
1: I would have if that was really like you know a big thing to do at the time um uh I had a great mentor of mentors in the business at the time I, you know to give a shout out to guys like Keith Cox and
0: Oh yeah.
1: Uh um, Cox
0: had a higher plane wasn't that his his exactly. branding real, real estate a higher, higher plane at high, Where is Keith Cox I haven't seen Uh that. he he's still selling real
1: estate I mean he, you know it's not tired uh, <laughs> yeah it's, it's not uh he has other, uh, you know, things yeah. that, that are important to him. A lot of building schools, and but he's yeah, still a yeah. Good
0: for him. Um, So said, you were good guy. So Keith Cox, who else were you? Madison Offenhauser, oh, uh, wow. who, was
1: the, who was the manager at the time, and yeah. who was a well-known broker who just, you know, who just went to management at the time, and uh, we're still very close friends. Uh, he and his husband and and uh, and, me and my wife would have dinner together. Uh, And you know, know, Jeff Yarborough, of course, you know, Jeff Yarborough and later on, Jeff would be like an important mentor of mine,
0: and we're still very, very close today. Yeah, right. So, you had a good core group of mentors, very, very experienced senior agents that could help guide you because that's a new agent. The language, it's like learning a new language. There's so much coming at you at all times. Every minute,
1: of course, you were just hitting something new, and you know, yeah,
0: yeah, and for years, the first few years. All right, so you have your start there. And you start making some money. When did you get to the point where you're like, oh, my God, this is it. I've, I got a real business here. But did you feel it pretty soon? Or was it like, okay, this is grinding for years and years before you got to that place?
1: Yeah. I mean, Danny, I still feel like I'm grinding every day. I mean, yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, like, let's be honest. Like, I mean, every day I wake up and, like, you know, look, I, I do a little bit of business these days. And, and I, you know, I, I always wake up and say, did I did I sell my last house? Um,
0: I have that, too. You yeah. feel it like, you, you know, you go and you go and all of a sudden it gets quiet. You're like, is that it? I'm never going to sell again. you just like,
1: is this all, is, is, is that all there is? Um, but but I, no, the honest, honest answer to that question would be, I mean, I really think like five years in, you start to start, you start to get, you know, I always talk about with, with the with the people we we mentor uh, and, you know, work with us in, in our office. Is five years in is like the, the right time you can feel like this is a real business. It may yeah. not be great all the time, but it's a real business.
0: So yeah. that's what I kind of
1: felt. Yeah, yeah, I think and, that's and a good. 10
0: years of being totally scary. Yeah, yeah. I'd say, too, you need five years to really see, like, yeah, I'm in this business. I'm a full-time professional. If you're going hard, like yeah. part-time and yeah. half-assing. There's no part-time yeah. I mean, you no. can't be part-time in this business. No, there, there's, there's thousands of brokers that are, but that's it's not that's that I mean, not our business. Not <laughs> no. But it takes five years to become a professional agent. And then it I'm takes not ten, to I'm not ten, not trying 10 years, years to be an any, any listener who's
1: part-time, um, <laughs> but like let me tell you something right now, part-time real estate broker. Um, you can't do it part-time anymore and compete with people like Danny, myself, and you know other major people in the business because they're going to eat your lunch. So <laughs> just make the jump. You're going to be happy about it. Make the jump. That's yeah. what you to do. And give me a referral on your first deal that, you, that you're
0: on. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So tell me, talk about now what your business is looking like. I mean, I know last year, you did 150 plus million. This year, probably even more. I don't need to get into numbers. That's kind of boring. I know everyone's doing it's big boring. numbers. But to, tell me what your team looks like. I know you have some unique elements to your business because you uh, have a second home and a, a network that you've built in Palm Springs. So. T- Talk a little bit about what does your business look like today in 2021?
1: Uh, so the business, you know, it evolves every day. You know, obviously, um, you know, to, to, to run a business like this, you're not doing it on your own. And I think that's the first mistake people make, obviously. Um, you know, it's widely known that I have a great. Core that that is a part of what what we do every day. Uh, you know, you know, Angelica is a killer of what she does. The sort of you yeah. know, one of the day to day, and really the true boss. And uh, you know, and then you have Garrett, who's you know, a, you know, a killer right beside of me. And uh, and then you know, I have I have Chase, who you know, who's working with us now significantly in the desert. Um, and it's you know, our business though is is really everything runs in and out of sort of me and you know Angelica and Garrett and. And it's not like uh, you're not going to get Eric Levy on a, on a deal. Yeah. Um, and, that, and that's important, I think, you know, in, in, in terms of, look, we're in a world now where everyone has a team and I don't look at, yeah. I don't have a team. I have a team that works with me on the business that I bring in, Yeah, your yeah. business too. Uh, and so we take ownership of the business that sort of I will create. Uh, and of course, you know, someone can pull in some business here and there, but we don't rely on that. I mean, like, yeah. We have a really great core of referral business that comes from our clients. You know, we don't do a bunch of marketing. Um, We're not postcard people, generally speaking. Um, You know, our our business is really 98% referral. Um, Referral from both our clients and friends and also um, other brokers. And, you know, we probably do about 30 referrals a year in and out. Um, and, uh, not, not just Sotheby's. I mean, like we, we're in a referral right now with the, with the Remax agent out of the area yeah. and, um, and just other brokers that we know, they sort of say, Hey, we hear that you're, you're a right fit for this. And, and they call you. So yeah. that is what our business looks like. And it's a lot of fun when it can be just the people that you want to work with and the properties yeah. that you're passionate about. Um, that comes, uh, you know, years into the business. So yeah. you know, for those of you who are, who are new in the business, like I. I get you want to be working with the sexiest houses and all that kind of celebrity stuff. But let me tell
0: you, just take what you can take and just sell the shit out of it. That's it. Yeah. Sell, make a living and repeat and repeat yeah. and repeat. So yeah, don't be good for anything. Yeah. So referral business, which just seems to be the key for most people. But I always say, you sound like you don't do postcards. I always tell people, look, you know, you got to do something. And don't be paralyzed. And it doesn't mean you have to get on a, a, a phone and open the yellow pages and dial for dollars. Yeah. This is not uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross anymore, but do something, figure out what's your personality type, what you're good at, what you can do consistently. And everything is with the thought of, I want to get in front of people and you want to build relationships. You don't need to pitch everybody on how great you are no. and how many millions you've sold and this and that. You just want to build relationships and you want to know your stuff because if you know your stuff down pat you're going to get into natural conversations and real estate always comes up and there's a natural easy conversation to be had and i feel like that's that's something that uh, you subscribe to and it's an important thing for young agents to really know you got to know your shit you got to know yeah. the data the comps the nuts and bolts you got to know it in and out that's a just a given until you yeah. know till you're at that point you you really know nothing
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, look, you know, you and I both know like the best in our business really know their inventory, know the history, know the trends, where they actually hit. um, And that's really what your ultimate value proposition is besides being, you know, trusted and highly competent. Right now, I think people only care about trust and competency. um, And so anything else is sort of noise. You know, like, look, we, Danny, we live in a world where people are just flashing the numbers of how much they're selling. Right. Right. Uh, right and look, yeah. and, and and I always joke every year when the Wall Street Journal thing comes out, we're very blessed to be a part of that. Um, and, you know, we post it because that's the business we're in. Right. And people yeah. Have, yeah. sometimes, oh, where are you in the list? But like, you know, I always joke that like, you know, it's an honor to be on this list. But like the only people who care about that are realtors and my mother. And Correct. that's it. Nobody um, cares about everybody else. Doesn't care about if I sold 150 or 50 or 500. Yeah. I don't care. You yeah. just care that you're like super trusted and highly competent. True,
0: that's- true. And it's so funny with those lists because the inaccuracies and the inconsistencies with well, all numbers, the numbers are all, they, all fake. and They're, they're all just, fake anyways. It's you know, like one guy's 200 you know million is yeah. less money than the guy that's posting yeah. 60 million. It's like, huh? You know yeah. it. Yeah, it's all fluff. But- uh, ridiculous. But yeah. um, anyway... Let's get into some fun stuff. So you know, you I've had some funny conversations with you, you know, talking about how how you articulate things to clients and and or what you say to agents at times. But any sort of fun fun anecdotes, like if you're in a situation with a client that just wants just wants to overprice, uh, you have some any zingers or any conversations and dialogue you get into with that seller that just hey the house is worth five, but he's just he has to have six and a half.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know, look, I, I think, you know, that I come from a place of trying to understand it, um, and that's the biggest mistake I think, you know, not just agents and brokers make. I think it's anybody in the world um, is to not, you know, not be empathetic, right? We, you know, we, we, yeah. empathy is a big thing right now, and it's been a big thing for a couple of years. And you know that I'm sort of, you know, into some some of that craft, um, but it's it, it it really isn't. It's not shtick. It it, it really is legitimate and. And to be empathetic is to, is to find out where somebody else is coming from and they feel hurt. And that's sort of a summation of what I would think is empathetic. Now, let me be clear. I'm not always the most empathetic person on the planet. So, you know, <laughs> ask the people, you know, that are closest to me, they'll say, you know, you should really be thinking more about what you're saying. But, you know, when I'm in that, when I'm in that role, you know, talking to a seller and talking to an owner a homeowner. I want to know what, what the ultimate goal is and what what are you trying to accomplish? Um, you know, the, look, the good news is this is a market where people who have aspirational beliefs of the value of the home cannot be far off disappointment sometimes.
0: Sometimes, um,
1: yeah. You know, but, you know, th- there's there's a threshold, as we know. And, like, you know, even in the craziest, and we are in the craziest market craziest of all numbers. time yeah. um, until the next time, but like uh, the craziest market of all time. And, um, you know, there's a threshold. And so... If someone's just trying to, you know, recreate a market for their own house because it's their home and everything else is not as good, Correct. well then more than likely they're not they're not right. I want to come from a place of understanding where they're coming from. And then maybe we're not the right fit. Um, you know, because you know, you know, my our business um and you know, and you know, my group together, we don't want to take on, you know, I, I can't, you know, just take on a client without checking with say, you know, Angelica and the rest of the team. I can't do that because like they're part of that and if it's someone who's not a great person gonna be a really gonna be a jerk or is just yeah. completely unrealistic I'm wasting everybody's time including mine but you know their time is insanely valuable too yeah so um, that's important to, to establish early on yeah,
0: yeah. and you kind of sense it early on it's you know you, you're, you know you're at a certain you've yeah. done this certain amount of years and Dozens and dozens of times you send yeah. that seller, that's going to be impossible, and it's almost a no-win yeah. situation. And uh, you know that's a that's a fine line uh, with deciding like, hey, I, it's I'm making more money by letting this opportunity yeah. go, or
1: yeah, or you're in a better place in the world, meaning like you, your head's in a better place. And look, you know, we just passed up on somebody that reached out to us, and that we didn't really, you know, we didn't really dig them. We we worked with them during the pre-pandemic and we ended up leasing their property and yeah. and they you know, they called us a year later and and uh and i i basically like politely was like um it's not the right fit and by the way the house sold within two weeks yeah and you know six figures didn't get it but like none of you know none of us were bummed I was yeah. happy with the other agent I called the the agent called me. was like in my crazy take like, no take the take the listing and I was happy that they, you know, that, but the yeah, deal was a pain in the ass. Everything was a problem. If I put those other people in a, into a crazy mindset for a yeah. month, yeah. I, I just, yeah. I, not for me because it's going to affect my the clients who are really smart, savvy people who just want a great professional who is trusted. and yeah. highly-
0: Yes, yes. And that's so important because it dilutes so much of the big picture of what you oh, do. Yeah. And when you have one cancer, toxic, however difficult client, that could really wreck yeah. And send waves through the rest of your business, and it's you know it's, it's too valuable. We spend so many thousands of hours crafting and developing our business, and that's such a big thing. Now, I'm not saying for new agents to be picky, because when you're a new agent, you take on the most difficult clients, yeah. and you have to. But uh, you get to a certain point, and I think that is that's sort of the coming of age uh, in doing what we're doing, where you can pass on the business because uh, it's going to do more harm than good. Yeah. Um, any funny stories you can think of? Crazy stories? I know they're probably happening week to week, day to day. But if there's anything crazy that comes to mind that you can share on camera, uh, that would be that would be nice.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's so it's so funny. Um, I, I we were talking before. You know they happen all the time, right? And when they happen, you're like, oh yeah, that's a great story. Yeah. Oh, that's a great story. And yeah. then. I don't know, Here we are, you know. And you move on, and you got another thing going on. I'm like, no, it's it. totally boring. But um, and like I was, I was like, you know, Angelica would 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 be able to, you know, click me right in and say, that happened two days ago? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I think uh, you know, uh, w- one of the most fun stories recently was, you know, you know, we had a big sale um, in in uh, Colorado for for a major property in the yes. sort of million range. And you know, massive I massive sale, then, massive high profile. Yeah, you know, in that world, that's a massive. I mean, in any uh, world. Are it, I it, allowed to it, say
0: is that public information?
1: But uh, it, it's it's out in the world. Yeah, it's out in the world. Um, you know, like, I don't want to get to it. I don't problem. talk about clients, but yeah, mm-hmm. but you know, um, but nonetheless, it was it was a big sale, and it happened. We sold it in two days, three days, um, and and you know, we ended up having multiples
0: uh, early that's, on
1: with a that house price. that they didn't sell for five years before that. Um, and what was really cool was, you know, the way we were able to position the property early on before we hit the market, um, you know, the ultimate buyer was able to fly in like on day zero um, on his plane and, um, and be able to take action before others really were able to get their planes on the ground you know, at, the, at the place. So I mean, to see that happen um, was, was remarkable, people scurrying to get there. When they have their own planes, but you know, yes, forms and that kind of thing. And you know, that buyer ended up, you know,
0: literally capitalizing on being ready to go. I mean, being it, first, first mover advantage. Being first, too. Totally. Wow. Yeah. And w- remind me of the price point was that a 50 or it a 30? 40. It was 40. 40. Yeah. I'd, yeah. So, a yeah, little of the price
1: point. Yeah. One of the highest numbers in, the, in that state and uh, the highest number uh, in the history of, of Telluride, which is a wonderful.
0: Yeah. Can I say it was Tom Cruise's house? Did I say that or do we block it out? Uh, okay, I said it. Tell me, how many buyers were seriously considering it at that price level? Uh, uh, about four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Four people would
1: have happily bought that. That, was the, that was the first week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we got full price plus, you know. Incredible. More, I mean, you know. Yeah. Of, you know.
0: That's incredible. Uh, was it a domestic buyer? I can't talk about anything else yeah. on Danny. Well, but, that's fine. Uh, interesting enough, uh, just going through stats. Most of our high-end homes are uh, have been eighty percent have been domestic buyers this year. Which, yeah, totally. uh, yeah. mostly are domestic buyers. Everyone most of the thinks- buyers right now in that world are domestic. Um, yeah. You know,
1: certainly I, uh, most of the ones you see in Colorado are domestic because they're coming from California, uh, Texas. Is Texas,
0: yes, area. Texas and California, um, are going to Colorado. Yeah, Texas
1: and California are the biggest there. Um in yeah. some Chicago, but. Um, Midwest, but you know, uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot happening in Colorado. That's probably the most exciting market in the entire
0: country. Yeah. Uh, you know. So let me uh, do some role play with you because you are one of the masters at some funny one-line role plays. Uh, although maybe not so much anymore because you're dealing with referrals and filtering out the jerks. But uh, when, when you get the buyer that's like, i Hey, Eric, I'm the Mr. Smith buyer. I heard about you, how great you are. Um, I'm looking for a $10 million house. By the way, though, only want pockets. So bring me your pockets. Thanks a lot. Yeah. That guy or girl, yeah. which, yeah. you know, yeah. I get those every week too. Yeah. How do you deal with that that person?
1: I just, I mean, again, you know, be a little bit empathetic of why they feel that way. So, you know, Danny, I mean, it sounds like, you know, you you want what's not out to everybody else. I
0: mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want a secret. I want a pocket that no one knows you know. about. Yeah, so. so I don't so want to be un- in a multiple.
1: Yeah, so it sounds like if a great house is out there, maybe even sitting in the market overpriced, you're not even interested in buying that
0: house. Ooh, I, I never thought of that, but everything sells so fast. I, I get I get it all on Redfin. I get it. Yeah. All. I, I don't need an agent to send me stuff. Yeah. So, so Danny, like, I mean, it
1: seems like you just feel like the agent's primary goal is just to find you the property. The rest of it's super
0: easy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll save commission. And I'll save right. money. So like in this market, you just go direct and that's how you get a deal done. That's the only way to that's the only way to get a deal done. Yeah. So, so commission is like your number one goal in the process. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Get in the house. And I think that's the best you way. To get do. the house
1: and then save money on commission.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Yeah. The buyer, you know, you're not paying the commission.
0: Uh, yeah, but the purchase price, you know, I can take it off the purchase price. So I'm saving money. Got it.
1: So you feel that somebody who's not representing your interest is going to be saving you or making you money on that purchase?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. I think so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Danny. I mean, like, I could be wrong, but Danny, is it is it insane to believe that somebody who does not have a fiduciary responsibility to you is not going to really care about you getting a good deal Oh uh, yeah you're probably right you probably won't care so like i mean like so there's like there's that example right yeah yeah. that's
0: and, great and that's not, real.
1: i don't know how i did I mean, I, I no that's great. fantastic it's fantastic i love it like you know you you want to get to the truth always right i mean getting to the truth and, and i mean look, and, you know our friend steve scholl talked about this 20 yeah. years ago um right. and, and he's a coach of mine and and uh, you know, and, in, in really important in, in, in my business, um, in a lot of ways. But, you know, when, when, he and I started to coach with Chris Voss, you know, Chris Voss. Yeah. Really years ago. Yeah. That, that was a, you know, and it takes years to kind of get the idea of and, and become natural and it's yeah. not scripting dialogue. It's just not, because if no. you're doing that, it's actually the opposite of, um, of what you're trying to do. If you're trying yeah. to be a listener, just understanding and buy right. You know yeah, and by the way and... you have to be okay with the outcome not being
0: what you want yeah you know, you know you're not gonna win all the time yeah and uh, that was I was hearing a lot of the Chris Voss uh, style which is brilliant because it's just being natural and being yourself and just being curious but what I yeah. you know that situation for me is one of the most frustrating and uh you know I can't tell you how many how much that happens even at this level after 19 years in the business people saying yeah yeah just bring me your your pockets and this and that. You know, sometimes without the Chris Voss style, sometimes my feeling is just like, you know what? I have about a dozen exclusive cash buyers that work only with me, full commission with me. I'm going to bring them the pockets first. If all dozen of them pass, then maybe we'll have a conversation because there's another dozen people like you that only want pockets off market. and I can't really spend my time and resources and energy bringing you my best stuff when I have exclusive clients. You know, I, yeah. I try to educate people like that, but yeah, you know, it, a yeah. lot of people, I mean, it goes it, over their head. <laughs> it does.
1: And, but yeah, but this, the first time you start saying, you know, I can in my time, and you might lose them. And yeah, yeah, you it, might. You really have to come from a place of like why it doesn't work for them. Let's be honest. Like, I, I always talk about, like, look, if you don't have an agent fighting for you in the world and you're out there as finding pockets, yeah. and there's a lot of people out there still doing that, yeah. I just tell them, like, look, all of us in the business, you're going to be the second or third or fourth. And then all we want to do is sell you something.
0: Quick. Yeah. Not yeah. being a so counselor. Like, we're not an advisor. We're not a
1: client. We're just trying yeah. to sell you something because that's our business. Yeah. So like why Anything. do you – Anything, yeah. Yeah. like, and, and I don't want to have a client like that down the line because you
0: can't be true to them. Like, yeah, that's it's a conflict like, of interest that they don't even understand. You yeah. Know, you don't understand. You're it's putting in your – You're putting yourself in a position where not one agent is quarterbacking and covering your ass and any agent is just trying to slam you into something because that's their only chance and they're not thinking twice about you. So that's it. Well, Yeah. And and, and as as we've always talked
1: about, I mean, like, you know, the, the thing is like define the deal, you know, define the deal is the deal, you know, getting it cheaper or is it getting the right property that makes sense for you at a great price? Those are two different distinct things. So define
0: the deal. Another great plug for your show, by the way. Yeah, another plug. And also, it it's also it's the saving commission. Like, let's be real. We've all been in that situation where people have asked us as listing agents, okay, well, well yeah. you're going to get a half point off, you're going to get a point off, maybe, but you're also, also going to pay the, the highest price because that's the only way you're getting it anyway. So now you don't have anyone negotiating for you. You're paying the highest price by far. And that half point or point that you think you're getting you're paying three or four or five points of purchase but it's like hello. It's, it's, it's gonna cost them way more along way the line. more. But way like more.
1: you know, Danny, talking about commission and, and I know a lot of brokers watch this this show. Um you, you know, we're seeing a lot of the commission be cut dramatically, yeah. dramatically across the board. Yeah. And it's disappointing. A lot of people that we know and like and even respect are all out there doing yeah. it for a lot less. as you know, I'm a six percent broker. Yes. Um at times getting seven, which I'm proud of, but nonetheless. And it's not because I'm trying to, you know, you know, really gouge anybody, but like 6% has really been, you know, the traditional. And then over the last 20 years in the competitive markets, they're they're tripping away at it. Um, and, you know, I think I think we're in a world where uh, a lot of agents are doing it for three and a half or four. Yeah. Um, and the service level that they're providing is commensurate with that number. Uh, and that's total, by the way. That's not like. Yeah. Both side. sides. No. As you know, it yeah. um, makes it really hard for, for, for guys, you know, and, uh, and gals like us who are professionals who don't look, you know, to do what we do at a high level, you have to have a significant level of service in-house. And as you know, when, when you're the number one like and in, in you're running the show in terms of writing the checks, and that's the key. And so when you're writing all these checks... You can't do it. For, we're not in the charity business, yeah. and so a lot of these brokers are really, you know, making a lot of other people go chase it for five, four, three. Right. Um, we don't do that. We're a six percent operation, uh, and we've lost, you know, business for from it all the time. Um, and it's very, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very much hard to pass up twenty million, thirty million dollar deals when you're not ready to to jump down, yeah. um, which we don't. Uh, and then sometimes they come back to you, which is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think we're in a world right now where we have to be very, very careful. I think brokers have to kind of band together. And I don't mean sort of, uh, I don't mean it be anti, anti-competitive, but it just means sort of, you know, don't be a discount broker because the product that you provide, the client, is going to reflect on our business. And the product that's provided out there with the low commissions is schlocky and untrusted and highly... Incompetent.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, so that's a problem, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's a huge problem, and it's so getting
1: good about, about the, the dialogue on commission is really so important. I think right now and over the next five years. For sure,
0: for sure. And there's such a big difference between going to a professional like yeah. you or me or some other people that we respect versus 99 percent of the agents out there that are they'll throw any commission to get the deal. Like yeah, we don't course. care, but we're not. Yeah. They're not adding any value. They don't have yeah. experience. They yeah. don't have competency. And they want the business,
1: and, and, and they're showing you, you know, they're telegraphing to you at that moment, I will do anything to get a deal done. So that should tell you everything, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, yeah. that that's who you're working with. If that's what you want, that's okay. That's just not the right fit. I can give you some great names who actually charge less than we do, that we actually kind of like, that we yeah. beat in negotiations all the time. You should call them. Um, and, and I, and I and people are afraid of the dialogue, agents are yeah. so. Petrified. I had an agent in my office a few days ago, younger guy, and he's like, "You know, I could have gotten a full commission from this from this person, but I just I was nervous. I wasn't going to get the get the deal." Of course, that's and so You just sold out. And like, if that person's smart, they're like, "Why did they not charge me full price?" They're afraid of the conversation and, and, and why you're worth it or why this is just the way the world works. Yeah, yeah. You know, comp oh, yeah. mentality is something that's sort of inherent. You either have it or you don't. And I, look, I'm a consumer of consumers, right? Danny, you know me. So I like fancy stuff. And so I don't ever want to try to – I'm not walking in anywhere trying to, you know, you know, gouge a price down or, like, get a vendor down. To, they're not making any money. I don't want to do that. I don't want anybody not being happy.
0: Oh, everyone should make a living. Everyone should the make best mind. are the best. They're worth that They're worth it. And that's Absolutely. The you pay what you – you get what you pay for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So let's talk about some fun stuff. You are a master cocktail custom makers so what are some of your favorite cocktails that you like to make for people when they join you for fine yeah. dining and cocktails because you're a foodie yeah. and cocktails and i appreciate that i am as well uh so i see some stuff that you present on instagram and i'm like i wish i was there thanks for the invite by the way but i wish i was there enjoying that cocktail yeah um
1: it's we're gonna be distant so like i mean you know yeah. I, uh, and i don't like to wear masks in the house. Um, but, but, uh, so, yeah, I, over, over the pandemic, I really got into the cocktail making uh, obsession. And and I don't mean like, you know, umbrella drinks or, or you know, these, you know, high intensity of like crazy ingredients. I, I'm not interested in that. I like the basics, the, the classics. Classics. You know, the classics. I mean, like every cocktail in the world is based on one of the classics, which is, you know, the martini, the old fashioned, the, you know, and they go on and on. And, on. So, um, and so, for you know, I'm a big martini person. And when I say martini, it doesn't need to be, you know, what you normally think of, like this, you know, clear colored thing that's, you know, kind of boring. Nuance is everything. So uh, I am hooked on the last six months, maybe uh, a martini called the Martinez. What is
0: that? Um, The
1: The Martinez. The Martinez is a martini that instead of using uh, dry vermouth, you know, uh, Dolan dry vermouth, you're going to use... Um, Italian sweet vermouth, which is the darker vermouth. Like in an, okay. like, uh, Antica, or there's a million other ones you go to Italy, there's like a million vermouths there. And okay. you know, and then you add a little bit of Luxardo, you know, a bar spoon of Luxardo, and a couple of, you know, dashes of orange, and then bitters. And, you know, mix, you don't shake, wow. you don't shake a martini, by the way. If you're shaking martinis, I don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> uh, but stir it very cold, and the chilled glasses, and in, oh. in a, in a nickel glass, and it's a, it's a express the, the lemon over it. Don't put the lemon peel in the glass. Um, and, How does that uh, Martinez taste? That Martinez taste. Martinez. It's, not a Martin, it's not a Martinez. Mart- Martinez. Martinez. There's Martinez. no there's no there's no accent on that <laughs> on that eating. Martinez. Martinez. And so it tastes. It it's a great sort of aperitif to get your appetite going. Um, I have one slash two a night. Um, it sort of like became really, you know, ceremonial start. for me. And, um, you know, like I, I make Jenny a cocktail. She she takes a classic martini. Uh, gin, by the way, is the is the alcohol there. Uh, we go through some gin in this house. Um, right. So have, gin is big. We have gin delivery
0: household. usually once a week. Um, what's your gin of choice?
1: I'm sure there's plenty. I drink a few, but I, I'm a London dry gin guy uh, okay. because that's sort of what belongs mostly in a in a martini in general. Because um, uh, it sort of doesn't have any other imparted flavors, but London Dry Fords is a great gin, Um, and uh, and then um, Heyman's is a great gin. Sip Smith, Plymouth.
0: Uh, so you're not drinking uh, you know? gin and juice. You don't got the Tangeray and Solomon. I'm doing the going. gin and juice. Although I'm not going to knock the gin and juice. I mean, listen, this is his is favorite drink. That's Dre and it, Snoop's it, favorite.
1: Right. It, it originated here, I think. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's a fancy version of gin and juice. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think you yeah. got to
0: create the uh, the crafted version. It used to just be sako and and this, uh, I, I don't know I if know. You remember sako was like this lemon bitter yeah. kind of uh, terrible. But I remember yeah. gin and juice. It, 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 it's better than Fireball. That's, that's uh, it's good. It's better than Fireball. Fireball. Oh. oh, that's awesome. Well, I'd love to have a cocktail. We might have to do we'll it. We have to either do it in person, or if I have to sit here on Zoom, I'll do it, but I'm not happy about it. Martinez. But look, brother, you are killing it. I appreciate you taking some time. Uh, Always good to see you. I'll see you in the field. We'll hopefully do a deal or two soon. Uh, If you've got any passing words, any thoughts, words of wisdom for new agents, anything like that you want to close out on, uh, or you can just go make a Martinez. It's happy hour somewhere in the world. Hey, It's
1: 12 o'clock. It's perfect time for Martinez. No, you know, Danny. Thank you for having me. It's it's uh, right. always fun to connect and catch up. Uh, you have a great perspective on things. You know, on the pulse of things, and and I think what you're doing with the show and and uh, the deal um, is is a great resource for a, a lot of professionals, a lot of real estate brokers, whether they're been in the business for thirty years or for you know thirty minutes, which unfortunately is a lot of people these days at thirty minutes in the business. But yeah, um, right. you know, That's
0: like, a of that. You know
1: it, it's 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 great what you're doing. So thank you for having Appreciate me. It, bro. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll, we'll talk soon and have a cocktail.
0: All right. Martinez on you. Well done. Good to see you. Have a great weekend. Happy weekend. Good weekend.